0: Hey, PPC
1: friends. Yes, another episode of PPC Rockstars, and today's rock star is someone who's new to the show, but not new to the search industry. In fact, she's everywhere in the search industry, and it probably feels like even more than everywhere. Uh, This is Michelle Stinson-Ross, the Marketing Operations Director for Apogee Results, a wonderful uh, agency in Austin. Welcome, Michelle.
2: Thank you, David. I, I swear to goodness, someday I'm going to learn to stop blushing about all these intros.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you must be used to it by now.
2: No, not at all.
1: No, okay. So um, you are, among other things, a uh, social media expert, and uh, frequently uh, speak. Uh, frequently speak. Period, and then frequently speak on the topic of social media, social media advertising. So we're gonna do something that we haven't done before on the show, which is talk about kind of the intersection between Facebook advertising, uh, or let's say, in general, social Social media advertising, and, and search advertising. So first of all, how are those two different, Michelle? Let's let's contrast them first.
2: Okay, so contrast. So on the social side, obviously a lot of how we target people and how we put ad content in front of them is based on their behavior in the channel. They, In other words, they aren't actively looking for what we have to say at that particular moment, but based on how well we know them, what else they engage with, who they say they are as far as what they volunteer for, like their social profiles and that sort of thing. We can pretty well guess that they're interested in what we have to say. So a lot of the advertising, a lot of the content and creative that we share in paid social has to do with top of the funnel. Hey, let, we know you like this particular thing. You might like to get to know us. So um that's social media in a nutshell. It's passive. It's based on long-term behavior trends where, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but as far as search and paid search go, a lot more of that is based on exactly what is the user doing in that moment. In other words, now the user is actively looking for something. They're actively participating in something and they're Basically, demanding some sort of information, some sort of transaction, something where the user initiated the the communication rather than the brand or the business initiating the communication in the in the um, comparison to social media. Right. A- am I right there, or am I missing yeah, something? No, no,
1: you're 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 perfectly right. Um, I would just add one thing, which is that. Uh, Social media advertising is inherently display advertising, which is yeah. demand generation, uh, which, which really confuses a lot of search advertisers because they're used to uh, dealing with what, what I would call demand fulfillment uh, advertising, where the, uh, the person that the ad is addressing has already expressed a very strong interest in uh, the ad and, and what the ad leads to. So uh, mm-hmm. let's let's uh, let's include that in the mix as well.
2: Certainly. So
1: uh, one one other one other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, uh, remarketing on on any platform uh, and and for those who don't, don't realize that you can do remarketing on uh, social platforms, uh, you you, sh- you definitely should be doing that. Um, is kind of in between display and search in that um, there is some indication that there might be strong interest uh, on the part of the person looking at the ad.
2: Well, and some of that has to do with exactly how you segment your remarketing. And that is certainly the case, whether we're talking about social media, retargeting pixels, or whether we're talking about, you know, Google and Bing remarketing. And the funny thing is that, any of that can drive any of that and i <laughs> and you're like what okay so here's the thing let's say for fun that i'm running pretty top of funnel educational type content in facebook and twitter right mm-hmm. now, on the website that I'm doing this for, I, I've been really super smart and I have all of my retargeting pixels running, right? I've got Facebook, I've got Twitter, I've got Pinterest, I've got Google, I've got LinkedIn, all of it's set up. Guys, set it up in your tag manager. Trust me, you don't wanna do it any other way. Just a there for you. But let's say I've got all of those cookies and, and remarketing pixels running. Well, regardless of where the traffic initially came from, and in this scenario, we're talking about sending traffic from Facebook on, say, a blog article or something. All of those pixels are picking up that traffic and identifying, are they logged into any or all of these social platforms? Are they logged into their Google account? Are they logged into their Bing account? Any of that sort of stuff. So, no matter where i'm driving traffic from if i've set this up correctly all of those pixels are gathering audience for me to remarket to in all of the various places
1: definitely so um let's segue into uh the synergies between social advertising and search advertising Mm. What, what what comes to mind when when we talk about that
2: Honestly, it has to do with the journey. So obviously somebody in search can't go demand, I need that thing from that person by next week. They can't ask for that if they don't know it's available, right? Mm-hmm.
1: right.
2: So um, for me, search advertising tends to sit toward the end of a customer journey. They've already gotten to know us. They already have decided that that they like the product, the service, the whatever, and paid search by and large gets them over the the finish line it gets them to the right product in our tool set um to solve their problem right Mm -hmm. whereas with social it's much earlier in the journey it's it's the getting to know you phase that whole honeymoon of do i like you do i not like you do you really understand me um And what's cool is that depending on how I do this, and and if I'm really savvy and I'm working in an ecosystem where um, search and social are talking to one another and engaging one another, I can start really early in the customer journey serving images, photos, um, educational content that not only informs the user where they are in their journey to kind of help them along, but I can also seed language into that conversation. So I'm gonna take you back just a second. As human beings, how did we learn the language that we speak? We learn it in social situations, right? We learn think, no, language from case, mom and dad.
1: In my case, it was, it was uh, sadistic nuns. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, David definitely has a language all of his own. <laughs> um, <laughs> But Think about it. All right, so we as human beings we learn language in social situations, and that is not Only during our formative years. We continue to learn more. How did we learn all of the jargon from the various jobs that we had? We we learned it in in the meetings in the um, discussions with coworkers. again social situations where we're learning particular language about the business we do. Guess what? We can facilitate that same language learning in paid social media where we're putting certain phrases, certain terms, certain things that we know we want our target audience to search for us, maybe because it's cheaper to bid on, maybe because it's a little bit more specific, a little bit more long tail and much more indicative of Um, where they are in the journey or their likelihood to convert, we can seed that language really early in the conversations with social media advertising. Again, it's passive. We're exposing our potential audience to it before they are really even considering us as a potential. But it's really cool to think that the psychological aspect really comes into play with social media advertising and how it feeds the journey on into search advertising on down the road
1: gotcha hey speaking of exposing we need to expose our <laughs> listeners to, <laughs> to some important messages from our
0: sponsors so please michelle don't go away and listeners stay with us ppc Rockstars, we'll be back after we click through our sponsors
3: What if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. Nacho is perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with NachoAnalytics.com. Seriously?
4: It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose.
3: Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now.
0: The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Satella. And we're back with Michelle Stinson-Ross of Apogee Results
1: talking about the intersection and differences and synergies between social advertising and search advertising. Um, let's talk about, well, I just wanna mention one thing and then you can, you can uh, uh, take off on it. And that is- um,
2: We are rock stars, we can riff here.
1: There you go. Uh, and that is that uh, it's underappreciated, I think, uh, that the traffic that is uh, sent by social advertising, helps build the remarketing lists on both platforms let's say facebook and uh google adwords and bing ads for, mm-hmm. by the way so um this is a really important uh, uh phenomenon to, to to know about because well i'll give you an example i i will not name my client who uh, uh, b- fell into this trap but um, he stopped advertising on Facebook and um, <clears throat> his um, results from Google remarketing just plummeted and we finally figured out that once he admitted that his Facebook advertising had stopped uh, that um, we realized that it was the fact that the Facebook traffic traffic was not contributed to, th- to contributing to the size of the remarketing lists and the size of the list got smaller and smaller. And, and mm-hmm. of course the response rates got smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. So um, important synergy there. What, are, what other synergies do, do you see?
2: Well, f- believe it or not, it, it's a little bit more insidious than that. Not only have I found that just traffic bar none from the Facebook ads themselves, Mm-hmm obviously stops when you stop Facebook advertising, but over and over and over vertical after vertical after vertical, I find that when we stop doing social advertising and Facebook in particular, just, just because of how incredibly laser focused the um, targeting can be. But every time I've turned it off, not only did I obviously see Facebook paid traffic drop off, but I usually see, um, branded search and direct traffic Mm -hmm. drop at the same points. So not only are you losing your traffic directly fed from your paid social ads, but because you're not putting your brand in front of people, they may not click through at that moment from Facebook, but that brand impression was still made and they are quite likely when They sit down and go, Oh yeah, that thing I saw on Facebook. What was that? And again, this is what I say about language. They typed it in. Maybe, maybe they clicked through, but they didn't have time to read the article the first time from their phone. But guess what? If they were if they're like me and they use an Android phone where they're also logged into their Google Chrome, I go back to Chrome on my desktop later and I start typing in the thing that I was looking at. And of course my Chrome browser remembers where I was. So it auto-populates that um, URL bar and I click in. Well, guess what? Because I did that and I didn't go through search, I was a direct visit back again the second time. So those types of behaviors also drop off. And that also obviously affects your marketing pixel because Um, maybe my Facebook visit was just long enough to go, Oh yeah, that is interesting. But click, I've already left again. I bounced. I may not have even registered as a visitor, depending on how long it it took me to decide. Yeah, that's cool, but I don't have time for it at this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and then come back later as a direct visit or I, you know, I remembered the brand well enough to, to type it in and go, Oh yeah, that was the thing I was reading. Click. I just came in through branded search. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are behaviors that also drop off when we turn off our um, social advertising.
1: Right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, or, or, or let me know um, whether this is true. And that is um, when Facebook acts on a remarketing list. Are the is are those? Um, members of the remarketing lists only uh people who have come through facebook
2: oh no this is this is really interesting okay so there's actually some very fun stuff in facebook remarketing first of all let's talk about um anybody collected by the facebook pixel so this is this is remarketing that everybody is familiar with and understands i had a site visitor and either my Google Pixel or my Facebook Pixel or whatever picked it up added it to a list. I can say either on Facebook, I want to retarget everybody that visited any page of my website, or I can drill down and say, I want to retarget just the visitors of this page, but not that page. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that in, you know, we can do um, cart abandonment that way. We can say I they visited this, this, and this, but they didn't get all the way to the thank you page, which means they didn't complete the purchase. That's remarketing. All of that is based on actual site behavior. And
1: that can be, can that be done within Facebook?
2: Um, yeah, all of that targeting is set up inside Facebook. But here's the cool bit. And this, this is to your question. Okay, I do not have to send that traffic from Facebook in order to collect it. What the, what the remarketing pixel is doing, it is attaching a cookie to any site visitor who happens to be logged into that social media um, account while in that browser. So wow. I'll, I'll go back to Chrome. Um, whether I'm, I'm surfing from my Android phone or whether I'm surfing from my desktop, I'm usually logged into both Facebook and, and my Chrome account. And so it, it doesn't matter whether, I, I could have come in through a search term, I could have come in through like branded search, but because I'm logged into Facebook in that web browser, um, the Facebook cookie on that site picks me up. Wow. So, and that's what, and and it works in reverse as well. Let's say I'm sending Facebook traffic to a site. Um, if I also happen to be a, a logged in Chrome user, the Google remarketing pixel is also picking me up, even though I came from something other than search. Right. That's because it's a cookie. It's it's based on who I am and not what I did, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So that's why I say it's important to have all of those pixels running because one site visit could actually generate for any given user several cookies based on all of the things that they might happen to be logged into. Right. So it's really important that that all of that is working and that you know you're testing you know your pixels and everything to make sure that they're working and that you're paying attention to what kind of campaigns am I running? Am I picking up like extra LinkedIn people because I'm running a Facebook campaign or I'm picking up extra facebook people because i'm running a particular display campaign there are lots of ways that that works and especially in mobile we tend to be more logged into things we don't in other words we don't tend to log out of all of our stuff when we're Mm -hmm. on our mobile devices so all that mobile traffic oh it's picking up all kinds of good good cookies interesting but here's the fun bit even within Facebook. And when when I say this in particular, I'm talking about the Facebook advertising ecosystem, which also includes Instagram. When I engage as a logged in user with content, either on Facebook or Instagram, I can also be added to a remarketing list based on just engagement behavior. If it was a video, I can be retargeted based on how much of that video or how many videos I watched. I could be retargeted based on content that I commented on or I liked. Mm. Um, There's a lot of stuff even within Facebook that, and that's all qualification behavior, right? Mm. I want to start really top of the funnel in gathering that um, qualification behavior. I can go really, really broad and target people based purely on the most broad interest and share photos or videos with them and then retarget only the ones that really truly engaged with that content to take them further on the journey. And finally into my website, that's how I do qualified traffic from Mm -hmm. social onto the site.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So here's another question about another client. Um, and the, and the question is, is this even possible? Um, And I I, I tend to think no, because if if it's a phenomenon that's happening to everyone, I I would have heard of it by now, and you would have heard of it. Uh, He said that um, Facebook and Google can both take credit for one conversion. So in other words, if uh, someone clicks on a Facebook ad, goes to the site, does not convert, comes back later through a Google ad, and converts, then both Facebook and Google will report, the, will take credit for the conversion, and we'll mm-hmm. get d- double counting. Mm-hmm. Well, does that sound right to you?
2: That okay. That that's kind of interesting. I I would think it kind of depends on time frame. That's interesting. I need honestly. I would have to check and see exactly what Facebook constitutes as a conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it might very well be counting conversions on a page regardless of whether it was strictly um, Facebook traffic or not because, again, we're, we're, it's based on the pixel. Yep. Um, if they come back from search and they're still logged in, that pixel is still picking them up as a Facebook user. So Facebook's going to say, yeah, it was a Facebook user that converted. But Google's also going to say, yeah, but at that particular moment, they, didn't, they came in through search. Um, so you kind of have to be really careful about how the attribution, obviously that is, a that's a social assist, the way you would look at your attribution in, you know, who got credit for what you'd have to give both Facebook and, um, Google credit for that conversion because they worked together. It was an assist. They started in social and they finished up in search, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I, I would be really careful about how I measure conversions and things because, yes, that pixel, which is, and just so you know, um, is the pixel on the website that is providing the conversion tracking. And so, yeah, if it finds a logged in user that converted, it'll say, oh, hey, ding, ding, cookie, cookie, cookie. Um basically my button got pushed is basically what Facebook is saying. I see a logged in user and I see them come, you know, complete the task that constitutes conversion. Um, I'm, I'm not quite smart enough to say, Oh, well, they were just on Facebook and came in, or they were just on Google and came in all, all the cookie does is it sees logged in user conversion button pushed.
1: Right. Hey, Michelle, we need to, break for some sponsor
0: messages again so um, everybody hang on PPC Rock we'll be back after we click through our sponsors
3: all right guys I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts I'm talking Amazon Tesla Netflix etc you know see their sales and stats in real time it's called Nacho Analytics Tim Nacho regular analytics company Charlotte.
2: You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing.
3: Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim. Okay. Let us help you grow your business. Bailey.
2: So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule.
3: Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim. You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry.
2: Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous.
3: Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com the Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 2019 International Web Award Competition. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Web Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. And winners go to? Well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2019. Go to webaward.org and sign up today.
0: Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Satella. And we are back with Michelle Stinson-Ross. Uh, we're c- coming
1: into the home stretch here. Um, any other thoughts on the synergy between social advertising and Uh, search which includes display on search by the way
2: i i circle back to around to what i tell a lot of clients your brand is your brand is your brand regardless of what channel you are on and that goes for both paid and organic Um, we can take coca-cola as an example because they are ubiquitous they are everywhere um a user that happens to be a fan of coca-cola Expects coca-cola's messaging to be consistent whether they're searching for where can I buy a coke or Where can I go to a coca-cola sponsored event or whether they're sharing a selfie of them and their friend and a coke Um, Again, they expect that that experience with the brand is going to be consistent regardless of what channel they're in that user expectation should be a part of the way you do your advertising, whether mm-hmm. it's in social or whether it's in search, you are your brand. Your messaging should be consistent. And the only difference is between what goes on in social and what goes on in search is what part of the journey are we on? Right.
1: Now, um- we, we've been talking about uh, social as a, um, a means of filling the funnel from the top, and mm-hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit about um, using social to drive bottom of the funnel activity. Um, what are some ways that, let's, let's start with B2B, what are some ways that uh, uh, we can, we can um, feel ensured that we'll get some bottom of the funnel action in in a b2b situation
2: hopefully we've we've started the funnel at the top i'm finding lately that bottom of the funnel in social i if there's not enough stuff coming in the top that atm type expectation of bottle of the funnel just gets more and more expensive right um So your expectation of bottom of the funnel, at least in my opinion, starts with, did you do good top of the funnel stuff? But if you're doing the good top of the funnel stuff and you're keeping enough things coming into the pipeline that you can convert on down the line, then obviously the remarketing and the list building is what's most important. The more I know about the engagements that Users have had, and the more targeted I can be around that, the more likely I'm going to be able to, to get that final mm-hmm. conversion. And we have to have some realistic expectations as well. So, again, socials mobile in all likelihood, the bottom of the funnel um, call to action that you're giving them. Are they able to complete that transaction on a mobile device? Because if you're doing advertising and social, it's mobile. It is inherently mobile. Mm-hmm. So if you're finding that bottom of the funnel isn't working the way you expect it to, you need to step back and go, yeah, but were they really able to complete that transaction on mobile? Part of that is, and particularly with B2B, is that really the right moment? Is that really the right call to action for social? So most B2B transactions are actually very high dollar. Really is our expectation realistic Mm -hmm. that they're going to make a high dollar transaction decision on their mobile device, or are they probably going to spend time filling out forms and, and in some instances you know bottom of the funnel is actually fulfilled with a phone call to a salesperson in the b2b side so a lot of that has to do with it is is the expectation of that particular conversion really realistic for social media to fulfill right and especially in the b2b side maybe not right maybe i would much rather you know have a click to call running in search so that they can easily get on the phone to finish that, finish up that transaction and, and sign whatever contracts they need to sign.
1: It's a lot of sense. Hey, um, we're at the end of the show. Cool. How tragic.
2: Oh, I guess I'll have to come back again sometime.
1: Well, I, I think you've, you've earned a slot. Uh, in, in, uh, or maybe a, a recurring slot.
2: Hey, do, do I get a dressing room with that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, with, with a <laughs> with a, with a star on the door, of course.
2: With with a bright sparkly, I like mine with glitter. Thank okay, you. Okay.
1: Yep. And and a tiara balanced on the <laughs> a tiara balanced on the chair. So, um, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, how what's your what's your best uh, way?
2: Okay, so I can be reached on anything that is Apogee results. So, if you want to direct message us. To our Facebook page, obviously, we're Apogee Results on Facebook. We're at Apogee Results on both Twitter and Instagram. And yes, I do pay attention even to the Instagram messages. Obviously, you can visit us at our website, ApogeeResults.com. There are plenty of places to fill in information. Go, hey, I heard that Michelle girl on that show. I want to talk to you guys about advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, And... If they really get crazy, they can always email me, Michelle, at ApogeeResults.com.
1: Excellent. And they can also catch you uh, speaking at just about any search industry conference uh, imaginable.
2: Well, Uh, since we're going to mention those, I am going to be in Kansas City and Atlanta in May and then at Digital Summit in Austin, Texas in June. Super.
1: Hey, listen, uh, Michelle, seriously, thank you very much for coming on the show, and uh, we, we certainly will have you on again. Thank you. You're welcome. And listeners, thanks for hanging with us. Come back in a little while for another episode of BBC Rockstars.